Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Spending the day reflecting on the 2016 NFL Draft. A haul for the Miami Dolphins that included Laramie Tunsil and Xavier Howard. Kyle, I'm sure you're excited about this one for the first time in a while. What do you mean in the first time in a while? That's a foundation, two foundational pieces of the roster. Yeah. And we haven't necessarily had a lot of good things to say about the Bills or the Dolphins drafts well, in these Monday series. It's weird. You elevate Chris Greer to the acting title of general manager, and in his first draft, his first three picks are Laramie Tunsil, Xavier Howard, and Kenyon Drake. Oh, yeah. I overlooked Kenyon Drake. So Actually, that's not true. No, he was in this class. Yeah, you know, he was, but I don't remember if they pick Leonte Carew ahead of him or not. You know, <laughs> stupid pick. If you're hitting on seventy five percent, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they got Jakeem Grant in this draft class too. Yeah, he's a pain in the ass to deal with too. He's a fun little player, a little pocket rocket man. Uh, what else? I, this is crazy. I didn't realize all. I mean, I was ready about for Tunsil and Howard, but my goodness, nice little draft here. Let's talk was. about it. Let's yeah. talk about the 2016 NFL draft. Yeah, do we have yeah. any? Do we have any recaps from from the TDN Summit or anything we want to talk about ahead of time? Uh, hmm. Uh, we had a good time. Big things are playing. Saw Stay some tuned. dolphins. Saw some dolphins on the boat. Yeah. Not not players, but like legitimate dolphins. It was cool. Uh, I didn't see any dolphins, but imagine, imagine not getting on the bow of the boat in time. You hate to see it, Kyle. You do. I, you really I, do. I did beat J.C. Cornell in a white claw jug. That's true. Yeah. He, you could tell he didn't expect it. Yeah, he was. his eyes were as big as saucers when you put that thing down. He was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even look at him because I knew he was probably dealing with some things internally. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we had a good time. And like you said, a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff planned ahead. A lot of New Year reset the bar, raise the bar and expectations for what we're going to bring from a draft perspective, from a media perspective, an overall football perspective. Uh, I'm excited. The branding really stuff, excited. the branding stuff I'm pumped about, man. That's going to be fun. Yep. All coming. Um, I thought I had another note. Uh, 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 uh. Can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had a note. You don't got a note anymore? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I was the Fantasy Futures. Fantasy Futures. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm a big fan of my Fantasy Futures draft. Uh, Especially because I got the second pick. Uh, 
Yeah, good job winning that coin toss, Kyle. Well, I didn't win anything. You're the one that called it, so you technically lost the coin toss. Are you ready to reveal to me if you would have called heads or tails? Yeah, I am now that it's over. You would have called tails, right? I would have called tails. And here's the thing. The saying is tails never fails. Mm -hmm. Tails failed you, but tails didn't fail me because you called tails and it was heads. Oh, so it always works. It always works because it's always going to benefit somebody, whether you call tails or whether the other person calls tails and it lands heads. You know, I'm not a math guy, but uh, the 50-50 probability, I certainly understand. They're pretty straightforward, right? It, it really, not, a lot of, not a lot of room for subjectiveness. <laughs> it truly is, Kyle. Uh, I'm excited about my team. If you don't know what Fantasy Futures is, go to thedraftnetwork.com and check out this exciting new NFL draft-centric fantasy games that we created and we drafted our teams and we're going to be talking about it a lot over the course of the year on this podcast, on the website, on Twitter. So don't be in the dark, find out what we're doing. It's really fun. So here's the wildest part yeah. about fantasy futures. Jeffrey Okuda was not drafted. Uh, what do you think that comes down? So like fantasy futures discriminates heavily against juniors that go back to school and yeah. you i mean you only have 11 picks and so you know you're probably i'm guessing most picks will average around 200 points total 175 to 225 you can't just punt those points and right. you can you cannot give away players that go back to school yeah and it's so gonna be extremely me, harmful for your your team I only took one non-senior in his coward. name was T. Higgins. Coward. No, not coward. We just talked about how you can't afford to have guys not declare. Oh, and Higgins was... Um, last pick. Second to last pick. Tenth round. Your second to last pick, yeah. Yeah. And I needed a receiver. And so my choices were somebody that was going to go on day three or the upside pick. And, you know, I didn't I didn't go for... I went... You know, I got the rock-solid seniors. I have Derek Brown and I have Bryce Hall and... Uh, Lucas Nang and those, you know, Tyler Johnson, those types of players. But I didn't go for even like the, you know, the big sparkly underclassmen like the Andrew Thomases or who's your quarterback? Grant Delpit. My quarterback is Bryce Perkins. Senior, going to do well at the combine. Senior bowl guy probably has a good chance of claiming some ACC uh, conference of the week honors, those types of things. Okay, mine's uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Got him. Yeah, you know, two. I didn't have the second pick, Kyle. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. So you can go ahead and get, you're going to have 250 plus points just because of where he's going to get drafted. In addition to everything that you're going to get from that, right? Imagine he wins the Heisman. Oh, uh, when he wins the Heisman, and he, you know, he won't sit out his bowl games because he's going to be playing uh, for yeah. national championship. Yeah, so I'm not going to lose points for him sitting out his bowl game. He'll probably win SEC Player of the Year, so I'll get points for that. I'll get some SEC Offense Player of the Weeks. Um, I don't know if I don't know if he's going to give me anything from an NFL Combine perspective, though. No, 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 I don't think he will either. But uh, that's a small sacrifice to uh, to have there. He also won't help you in the Senior Bowl points. Correct. That's also true. Yeah. Um. Uh, so real quick, Joe's entire team is Bryce Perkins, Minnesota wide receiver Tyler Johnson, South Carolina wide receiver Brian Edwards, who is a great pick at fifty nine. Awesome pick there. Uh, T Higgins, uh, Lucas Nyang. Uh, Daryl Taylor, the pass rusher from Tennessee, Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn. It's going to be a home run pick. He'd picked him at three. Shaq Quarterman, 
who you took at 26. And that was probably, I didn't, I didn't like that at the time. And then you got Joe Batchy Jr. at 45. You got a better linebacker, 20 pick. Yeah. I just, I was really nervous about the linebacker because it was 14 of them getting drafted and we didn't have a big inventory of, of players. So I went with seniors that are going to check a lot of boxes in terms of the peripheral stuff. Even though they're going to get drafted. Bailey at 58. Yeah. I look, I, you know, I didn't get it all right. And then you got Bryce Hall. And Cameron Dancler as your corners or defensive like that. backs. That's a good group. Uh, my team, real quick, Tua Tagovailoa, C.D. Lamb, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Texas wide receiver Colin Johnson, Michigan or Oregon center Jake Hansen, Michigan State pass rusher Kenny Willikis, LSU defensive lineman Rashard Lawrence, uh, linebacker Isaiah Simmons, who's going to blow up the combine. I'll get a lot of bonus points on that one. Marcus Bailey, uh, Virginia Tech safety Reggie Floyd and Maryland defensive back Antoine Brooks Jr. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. You have better players than me. Yes. Do they get drafted higher? Yeah, it's, it's a different game, right? Well, I, I think felt, that's, yeah. I took some shit for my team, and I'm like, well, okay, I didn't try to pick the best players. It's a different game. I, I took some risks with underclassmen, but I was very calculated with those first three picks being Tua, CD, and Jonathan Taylor, where like, or I'm sorry, Tua, CD, Isaiah Simmons and Jonathan Taylor are all underclassmen as my first four picks. I feel very strongly that those guys will be a part of this year's class. Let's hope, Kyle, because otherwise you're punting points. Hate to see it. Don't want to pump points. You know, none of these players have anything to do with the 2016 draft. Should we talk about that? We, 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 we ought to. We ought to. Okay. Well, we could start with uh, the first five picks. How many all pros are in here? In the first five? five? Yeah, four or five? Uh probably four. Yeah. Goff Goff Wentz, Bosa, Elliott, and Ramsey is the first five picks of the draft. Very good things. And then uh DeForest Buckner at seven. Um at, well, technically to answer your question, there's been 
two all pros. Uh, but all of the first five picks have been pro bowlers. That doesn't matter. Pro bowls are for losers. Well, there's only been two. Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Ramsey. That's actually shameful. Uh, look, I don't I don't have any votes, so I I, I, I get it with Bosa. You know, the 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 missed time has hurt him. And so I guess you could probably say the same thing for Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz should have he should have been all pro in 2017 the year they won the Super Bowl. He was phenomenal that year. And Goff was phenomenal last year. I'm going to ask you a question, and if you know the answer, then tell me. Okay. Who has more passing yards in their career right now, Goff or Wentz? I'm going to say Goff because Wentz has missed games. Wentz has 600 more passing yards than Goff. Wow. Did How, you, many, I didn't, games? How many games have they played? Uh, 32 for Wentz. Oh, excuse me. Uh, games 40 for Wentz and 38 for Goff. Who would have thought it? Oh, I guess that's true because Goff missed the right. entire uh, nine games to start yeah. his career. Yeah. With the Rams, yeah. But I was thinking two years of uh, time with Sean McKay. McKay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Wentz has missed time too. You know, I was like, wow, surely it's golf. Nope. 600 well, more yards for Wentz right now. Wentz's knee injury cost him four games in the regular season, three or four games in the regular season in 2017. And then I think that, what, the first three games of 2018? So golf actually sat more for a longer amount of time as a rookie than what Wentz has missed over the last two years. Uh, Wentz also has five more touchdown passes. That does not surprise me. Wentz was uh, very good in, in 2017, 2018, and he was an average starting quarterback as a rookie in 2000. And, but do uh, you know who has the most passing yards from quarterbacks in this class? Dak. 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 10,876. He does have 10,000? He has 10,000? He does. Yeah, him and Wentz are both over 10,000. He's also played in 48 games, so he has eight more games than Wentz, who has played 40, and 10 or yeah, ten more than Goff, who has played 38. Man, cool cool quarterback class this year. Imagine uh, drafting Paxton, uh, Paxton Lynch. Jeff Driscoll has more passing yards in his career than Paxton Lynch, as does Cody Kessler and Jacoby Brissett. Big Yikes. <laughs> John Elway, he, he's a certain he sure as hell a franchise quarterback, but he doesn't know how to find one. We'll tell you what, man. Thank God this guy brought a Super Bowl back with Peyton Manning. He really <laughs> locked himself in there. And here's the thing, like the Paxton Lynch thing should not have surprised anybody. No, yeah, and he, he said it wasn't. Like, he, he, he wasn't good. No, yeah, he was crap, and he was weird, right? Like his whole. Oh yeah, he's super quirky. Yeah, I mean that wasn't hard to figure out if you saw the guy one time, you know, like a little goofy. Before we tie a ribbon on these quarterbacks, this yeah. quarterback, this class of quarterbacks, did give us a gift, Kyle. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. QB four, Jacoby Brissett. Yes, national treasure, Jacoby Brissett. Has he tweeted at all? I need to find out. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it on Wednesday, Kyle. I don't probably not. He's in camp. You hate to see it. Man, yeah, our content's done. He has not tweeted at all. Well, Jacoby, hopefully you have an off day and you get the thoughts out. You know, don't, don't hold anything back. We need you. So we've got three start we got three starting quarterbacks out of this class. And, you know, at least in Brissett, you have a preferred backup. Uh, you know, so I, I, 
I mean, I I don't know that that's not a successful quarterback class at this point. It is. It is a good successful quarterback class. I don't think we've been able to say that very often. Some of these, some of these drafts, some of these more recent ones that we've been going through. Uh, well, Jordan Howard was on pace for a hell of a run, and then he met Mac Maggie. Here's the thing: Do we think Jordan Howard gets back on track with the Eagles? I well, I just didn't think that he was the, the type of back that. Philadelphia was going to gravitate towards based on some of the similarities to what Chicago does. And the fact that, you know, Philly's going to use a lot of different backs in a lot of different ways. And right. I just don't know that that doesn't equal production for Jordan Howard. Which is why I, I think the answer is no, like he'll be the short yardage guy probably. And unless, but unless Miles Sanders has ball security issues, <laughs> right. Like it's more dynamic. Jordan's going to be your short yardage back. It's remarkable to like go from being in the top three of the NFL in rushing yards in two of your first three seasons of the NFL to wondering if you're going to get carries in your fourth season. Weird, man. Derrick Henry, man, this guy. He's he's had a weird career too. Extremely weird. I think we were we we were talking to. Yeah, I brought it up. Trevor was it Trevor? Mm-hmm. And Trevor yeah. was like, yeah, like. Derrick Henry's had like 20% of his career rushing yards like in five games. <laughs> right. He's He's been in the league for like, this is going to be his, what, his fourth year, right? He had that really big playoff game in 27, eight, 2017. And then he has 476 yards going into week 12 last year. Rips off 585 yards in four games and like seven touchdowns to close the year. You think we can let him be the lead back this year there, Mike Vrabel? Yes, the answer is going to be yes this year. <laughs> uh, so Joe, interesting. I, I have a very off-topic question for you. Oh, okay. It's related to the 2018 NFL draft. Okay. Have you seen Marcus Davenport's rushes against Teron Armstead? <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to be that guy, but try to tell you. Yeah, I'm asking because I'm getting hammered right now. And all uh, I said was all I said was Davenport with a blank face emoji. Well, yeah, I mean, based on those reps, I mean, that's exactly what you should get. Teron Armstead threw him to the ground like a bag of trash. Teron Armstead's no pushover, one of the elite tackles, but those are the types of players that Davenport's going to have to beat to justify two first round picks being invested in him. The reply that got me was, I can't imagine how sad a night of grinding Chad T- Pennington tape must be. Fast forwarding through Ronnie Brown wildcat carries while thinking about Zach Thomas's jawline. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine how sad of a night you must have knowing that the Saints invested two first round picks in Marcus Davenport. Let's get back to the 2016 NFL draft, Joe. What do you say? Yeah. Um, how about some of these receivers? Michael Thomas, a second-round pick, has been sensational. Damn it, big miss for me. Tyree Kill, a fifth-round pick. Obviously, we know what he's able to do. Tyler Boyd, a second-round pick, had his first 1,000-yard season last year and is getting paid $10 million plus a year now. Now, Will Fuller, if he can ever stay healthy, he's got a little something brewing with Deshaun Watson. Um, but, you know, I think we've got at least two superstars and a couple of really nice pieces when you look at this wide receiver group. Right, and then you got guys that actually got drafted early, like Josh Doxson, Laquan Treadwell, and Corey yeah. Coleman. And it reminds you that uh, this is a weird event, 
right? This is not, there's no science here. Yeah. But yeah, it's you know, true. Those guys were all first round picks, right? Corey Coleman went 15th overall. Josh Doxon went 22nd overall. And Laquan Treadwell went 23rd overall. And the best receiver went 47, the next best 165, and the next best 55. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the next time you want to get after us and get under our skin for telling us we don't know anything because we don't work for teams, you just remember. Rest in peace, uh, Braxton Miller. Yeah, remember that was that was like a fun month when he was the first round pick for like the month of February that year. Oh my God, Braxton Miller put guys in the blender. He was fun at the Senior Bowl. I mean, he there was good showing, but I think honestly, like you look back, he was really good the first day, right? And yeah. he just he commanded the narrative, even though I didn't think he was impressive the rest of the week, is what he was the first day of practice. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week, and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore, and don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns, he had 53 total tackles, Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Because um, the expectations were zero, and he went out there and looked like he knew what he was doing and ran some nice routes, yeah. and everybody lost their minds. It's the mystery, right? It's it's always like the backup quarterback's always the best guy, the most popular guy in town, right? Right. The mystery. And sometimes you don't, he, he could be something. Right. Sometimes it's as simple as this. This guy played quarterback in, in, in college, and or and we're trying to try him out at wide receiver, and he's raw, and it just didn't work. This was a really bad stretch of picks here. Jack Conklin, Leonard Floyd, Eli Apple, Vernon Hargraves. That's eight through eleven. Yeah, the next the next stretch is much better with Sheldon Rankins, Larry Tunsil, and even Carl Joseph. Like he had a good year last year. It took him a while, but Carl Joseph was a player that I thought was going to take a while to acclimate to the NFL level because. The way West Virginia used him versus the the speed and range that he had on the back end, and inevitably you want that guy playing more free safety because for as physical of a hitter as he was, he's a small dude relative to like the Keanu Neal's of the world, right? Who are actually like booming safety hitters. So Joseph didn't play a lot of man-to-man coverage with West Virginia, uh, has a ton of range, wasn't asked to use it a ton because they preferred to buzz him down into the box. And like 2018 was good for Carl Joseph. And I think the the Raiders did not, activate his fifth year player option for next year. Um, so he's in a career uh, contract year this year with the Raiders and they signed LaMarcus Joyner. And I think LaMarcus Joyner uh, will inevitably based on the regime that they have there in Oakland, take over that role in the long term. Uh, 
But Joseph, Joseph is a player I wouldn't sleep on as far as going forward from here because it took him two years to get acclimated. But he had a nice year last year. How about this stretch of picks in the late 20s? Josh Garnett, Josh Garnett guard, Robert N. Kimdichi, defensive tackle, Vernon Butler, defensive tackle, Jermaine Effetti. That closed out your first round in 2016. And if you extend in front of that, 25th was Artie Burns, 26th was Paxton Lynch. You got the diamond in the rough and Kenny Clark at 27. Right. And then you go Garnett, Kimdiche, Vernon Butler, and Jermaine Fetty with, with the deflate gate forfeit in there as well. One of my favorite Patriots picks of uh, recent memory, to be honest with you. Yeah. You hate to see it. How about the this this class gave us some stud defensive backs? Kevin Byer just signed that huge deal with Tennessee. Xavier Howard's the highest paid corner in the league. Jalen Ramsey's going to be the next highest paid corner in the league when he gets his new deal. Uh, I mean, you've got James Bradbury who's given the Panthers some quality play. Um, uh, can't, Say William Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, William Jackson was. I was about to mention his name, and then there was one more. Oh, Kendall Fuller who's come on very strong. And so yeah. this we've got some dudes here on, on the back end that have become players. I mean, even Keanu Neal, he's had some injuries lately, but you know, his impact's been notable and his role on that Falcons defense is very significant. Who's your favorite? My favorite DB. Yeah. This class. Um, I, I guess I kind of gravitate towards Kevin Byer. You know, he was super, productive in college in terms of his ball skills and just kind of wondered about, you know, his frame and how that would hold up. But this dude's been picked off 12 balls in the last two seasons. He's, For me, he's it's William Jackson's my favorite. Super likable on my bangles, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's calm down a little bit. <laughs> so ja- Jackson missed all 2016 with a pectoral tear and, um, he was phenomenal in 2017. Uh, he started slow in 2018, but bounced back. Uh, he was dialed in over the course of the last, I think, half of the season, played a really, really good football. Joe, he played Antonio Brown twice in 2017. Do you know what those stats are? I know. He he, he shut him down. He's like the only guy that's ever done it. Uh, in two games in playing coverage against Antonio Brown, he was targeted eight times and logged four passes defensed. Not bad. I think he gave up one catch in those two games in 2017. Wow. Nobody else in the world can card Antonio Brown, but William Jackson is his kryptonite. Now we know. Yeah. And 27 passes defensed in his first two years of playing on the field, not including 2016 because he was out for 2016. Yeah. How about the pass rushers, Kyle? Yannick Ngakwe, Joey Bosa, Uh, Chris Jones, DeForest Buckner, Brad Dudon, Sheldon Rankins. Not so much brand. Kenny Clark. Brand. That's probably where it stops being exciting. This is, this is a brand draft for me from a pass rusher's perspective. I loved Yannick Ngakwe, as you well know. We had many long nights talking about Yannick. We've had recent days talking about Yannick on this podcast. It's been True. it's been the summer of Yannick Ngakwe and Jacoby Brissett on draft dudes. Well, let's let's give a little love to Matt Judon. I did. I did. No, I know you said his name. Yeah, but you want to ext- expand on that. I had him 58th in this year's class. Diamond this, in the rough. Yeah, he, this he, goes he against... 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say this. I always say on this podcast that if you don't take pass rushers high, they you know you're basically not going to get anything. Uh, Judon kind of broke that mold, right? He's that outlier. Right, and that that's everybody's hoping for the the outlier. Uh, Judon. Do you know what his sack totals are? I know he's one of the best like tackles for loss defenders in the NFL over the course of the last couple. He has twenty. He has uh, nineteen sacks. That's the fifth most in this class. Arrow pointing up after losing Terrell Suggs. Yep. The Ravens will be fine. Ooh. I'm actually my producer's going to look some up. If you have another quick talking point. Um. I mean, there's a lot of other good, like, contributing off defensive linemen. Emmanuel Ogba, Matt Ioannidis has carved out a role in Washington. Javon Hargrave, you know, his stats aren't going to be there as a 3-4 defensive tackle, but his impact is notable. Do you remember him coming to the Senior Bowl? Yeah, he kicked ass, man. Oh, my God. First he, of like, all, he's the world on fire. Well, he comes in with junk in the trunk, you know? Right. <laughs> Power generator like there's never been before. Right. His bubble butt. Then he kicked ass. I'd like to see him in an even front, but what are you you playing him three tech? I don't think he's limited. I think you could play him as a shade or three tech. All right, so I taken the liberty to look up from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand nineteen in years one through three uh, career tackles or tackles for loss in your first three seasons in the NFL. Okay. Matt Judon has 31 in his first three years. Um, there are some impressive names on this list. This this checks in as the 38th most since 1999. 38th most tackles for loss that a player has logged in his first three years in the NFL. That's that's impre- that's a big sample size, and a player they hasn't even been a full time player, right? He, he started has been twenty of forty six games. Yeah, yeah, zero games started. I mean, he really barely he played some as a rookie, but not much. Do you know who the first place person is? Oh, this is interesting. Who has the most tackles for loss in the first three seasons of their career to start a career since nineteen ninety nine? When tackles for loss became an official statistic. Oh. Is it well? That's very interesting. Um, Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley is uh, below, actually tied with Matt Judon with thirty-one. He had a ton last year. That's oh well. That's not. It's not the first three years of his career. Uh, is it a defensive lineman or more of a stand-up guy? Defensive lineman. Four of the oh, top five are defensive linemen. It's got to be like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is third with fifty-seven. Schnikes. Uh, J.J. Watt? First. Okay. 74. Hey, so there's somebody in between. Yes. It's a linebacker. It's like a true stand-up guy or a rush guy? True stand-up guy. Really? He's good? Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's made, an, made an all-pro team. Oh. Still playing today? Still playing today. Still good? NFC South. Oh, Deion Jones. Levante David. Really? With 58. Wow. So, so here's the top five. All right. J.J. Watt with 74. Levante David with 58 is the next closest. Aaron Donald with 57. 
Von Miller with 56, and Khalil Mack with 53. Very interesting. Cameron Wake, 14th on this list with 42, by the way. Can, I, can you just give us the rest of the top 10? I'm very interested in this. Kendrell Bell is sixth what? with 50. Okay. <laughs> okay. Dwight Freeney is seventh with 47. All right. Sean Merriman is eighth with 44. Ah, when the, when the, when the, when the steroids caught up with Sean Merriman, things when really... the lights were still on. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that, but that's funny. Brian Urlacher is ninth with 44 and DeMarcus Ware is 10th with 44. Interesting. One of those names is not like the others, Kyle. Yeah. Kendrell Bell sitting there in sixth place, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of like all these perennial pro bowlers, guys we're talking about in the Hall of Fame, and Kentrell Bell. Uh, I got to talk about one more thing here. Uh, yeah. How about some of these stand-up linebackers from this year's class? Jalen Smith, who's come back from his injury and was sensational last year. Miles Jack is a freaking stud. Deion Jones is the face of a really good Falcons defense. And so I don't have a long list of, of high-end players, but those three are really outstanding off-ball linebackers. Yes, they are. This, in general, was a good class. I mean, you, you can you can look at almost every position group, and there's multiple guys that are like, yeah, he's really, really good. Right. And Find, find me a position that you can't say that for. Wide well, receiver, and, not even wide receiver. It's just I, the early ones were the busts. I think what I like so much about this class is that you saw tons of guys that weren't necessarily first-round picks wind up being the best player at their right. position. You know, like, I mean – Kind of across the board. Um, yeah, because quarterback is going to go to either golf or once, but but Dak's right there with those guys. Right. Running back, are we staying Zeke? Uh, yeah, it's Zeke. Yeah, so, so so that'll stay in the first round. Michael Thomas was a second round pick. Right. Uh, tight end. Were there any tight ends in this class at all? I'm sure there was one drafted. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Hunter Henry. Yep, a second-round pick. pick. Yep. Uh, offensive tackle. Tunsil. Are we going to give this to Tunsil as the uh, 14th, 13th pick? Yeah. Interior offensive lineman? Probably Nick Martin? Joe Tooney? Those aren't first-round picks. Right, but they're they're the names that come to mind for interior offensive line. Right. Defensive ends, we got Yannick Ngakwe. Um I know Nick Bosa's up there as well, or Joey Bosa's up there as well. But he he Joey at least has some competition, right? From a productivity mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh defensive tackles. Chris Jones, second round pick. Yep, there you go. I mean, DeForest Buckner I mean, is number seven overall is no, you know, no slouch. Obviously. I mean, I, I put those guys in the same tier. Right. If we we're gonna like evaluate their quality of Right, play. but in be, in between Sheldon Ranks is a good player, but like in between them, uh well, no, actually Jerron Reed was forty nine. So that good stretch. Good. Yeah. Four four good football players. And Kenny say. Clark, 27. Javon uh, Hargrave, 89th overall. Yeah. I had Javon Hargrave like top 25. Yeah, he, he's good. Great tape, too. Uh linebackers, we got Jalen Smith and Miles Jack outside the first round. Yep. Uh corners, Avian Howard was an early two. James Bradbury. Yep. And then safety. Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard. Wow. Yeah. It's like 10 positions. You can clearly definitively say that the best player came outside the first round. Yeah, it's fun. I have one we last to, question we need for to you. Try, we need to track this with drafts, by the way. 
where the best players came from. Yeah, that's a fun see, idea. See, see if a draft can can equal this 2016 class. Uh, so what I think I don't think you can talk about the 2016 draft without mentioning Laramie Tunsil and that scandal right before the, the draft. Right? Wind up being great news for the Miami Dolphins, but I I would like for you to take me back to the moment when the Dolphins were were they picking originally at eight? Did they trade back? Yes, um, thanks for reminding me of this. So they, they traded, traded back. They, they traded time, back right? in March. Okay. It was part of the Eagles trade up for Carson Wentz. Okay, so t- talk me through that because I know you had some interesting thoughts on that we've discussed recently. Yeah, so the Dolphins traded back from 8 to 13, and the return for the trade was getting Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso. Really? There's no draft capital? It was just Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso for move, to move from 8 to 13? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yes. And then the Eagles turned around and they flipped whatever it was that they traded for uh, to move up from 8 to 2 to draft Carson Wentz. Uh-huh. And the, the reason you and I had talked about it was to talk about, in hindsight, whether you thought it was better for the Dolphins to – trade back and do what they did and get Tunsil and or to trade up and give up the capital necessary to trade up and draft Carson Wentz at two instead, knowing what the cost was to move from eight to two. I can give you the full breakdown. Well, I mean, you're the expert here. So I have this. I want your opinion, but I have the information. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the trade involved from eight to two would have required Miami to trade number eight, mm-hmm. their third round pick, their fourth round pick, their 2017 first round pick, and their 2018 second round pick. But you get Wentz. And you get Wentz. So the Dolphins would get Wentz, but in. On the other side of the coin, they would not have Kiko Alonso. They would not have gotten Byron Maxwell, who was terrible here for a year. But Kiko's still a starter for this football team. And Laramie Tunsil. You would not have Laramie Tunsil. You would not have Kenyon Drake. You would not have the fourth-round pick that they traded away in a separate uh, transaction, uh, trading back, I believe. Would you have Xavier Uh, Howard? Yes, you would still have Xavier Howard. Hypothetically, assuming you drafted exactly the same, you know, correct. You could have drafted some tackle, offensive tackle in that spot. You know, you just never know. And the future picks that they they would have forfeited would have been Charles Harris at (laughs) twenty two and Mike Isecki in the second round of twenty eighteen. What's so hard about that is because you just don't know what what those picks look like with different infrastructure, right? If you have Carson Wentz, do you take Charles Harris and and Mike Isecki? It's that's that's where it gets impossible. But but with hindsight and knowing what the capital was, you can ask the question, would you rather have X or Y? I'd rather have Carson Wentz. So would I. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. But in hindsight, going from 8 to 13, getting a starting linebacker and getting one of the brightest young offensive tackles in the football, you know, there's nothing to be upset about. The problem is you just don't have that direction at quarterback right now. Right. Maybe it's Josh Rosen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Well, everybody's pooping their pants because – both Fitzpatrick and Rosen had bad days yesterday. Too many checkdowns from Josh Rosen, they say. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's one of those deals where some of his criticisms, even at UCLA and, and, and at times for Arizona last year, was 
putting the football in places it can't really fit and having too much confidence in his arm. And so, uh, okay, good. Strike the balance. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. challenge more. Let's take some of the safer opportunities to keep the chains moving. So I will find out when, when there's games, you know, yeah, so, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be yeah. fun to see how that, because we're both invested in Josh and, and really like Josh coming out. So, uh, I know you're a little conflicted, but, but, Fair to say you're rooting for him as a person, even if you aren't necessarily oh, rooting for him a couple games out of I game. figured when you said Josh right there, you're talking about Josh Allen. Nah. Oh, dude, you know I love Rosen. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. Our quarterback. Our our quarterback. <laughs> Josh Rosen. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Draft News. We'll be back tomorrow with Takes on Takes. Uh, I turned in David Carr with a tattle take. We're loaded tomorrow, by the way, Cal. Oh, we are? We're loaded. Don't send us your takes for this week, then. <laughs> We've got plenty we to get into. We an hour show. <laughs> and you guys don't Cal know how Cal. much we sweat if we don't pick, you know, if we can't get to everyone, so. Yeah. Save them. <laughs> Save them for next week. Yes. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.